are here to break it all down. We are your hosts, Jeremy Lapidus and... Jeremy? What? I hate to break it to you. Uh, we, we gotta redo it. Oh no. The, the sound wasn't working. Hello everybody, uh, welcome back to the NAS Report, uh, in the clubhouse. Uh, episode 21! 21! Can you do something for me? Uh... <laughs> Welcome. Uh, it's been so long. October 2nd was the last time we did a show. Uh, it's now November 15th, or the night of. Uh, hopefully we don't leak into the 16th uh, with all this stuff we have to talk about today. Uh, mostly because I have like so much assignments to do. But uh, it's okay. Uh, we, I get to sit here and talk about baseball with my favorite person. Uh, Jeremy, how, how you been? I'm doing great. How are you? I, I, you know, same old, same old. I, I'm still here, uh, trapped in this little box. Uh, sure, he hasn't left I, that box. I haven't left this box right here. Uh, He's just entirely in that box online. Yep. yep. The only time I get to see him. It's a real shame. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeremy. There is so much to talk about. Uh, I guess where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the roster? You want to start with coaching staff you want to start with the front office like we we got so many things we can talk about so many things let's let's just start at the top and work our way down yeah i i don't know if the top is in this scenario but i'm down I, i'd assume the top is the front office here okay uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 let's 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 start let's start up there uh why you, you oh oh this was your transition oh, sorry, to me I, oh sorry yeah. sorry uh <laughs> i mean listen they uh they uh, you know, they've made some moves. Uh, they they let, as we know, they let go. I, I think we we were here when they talked about the all the scouts being fired, right? Oh uh, yeah, we we did talk about that a little okay. bit. Okay. Yes. Well, don't worry, guys. They hired a bunch of people. Uh, they hired Danny Haas, uh, out of the Arizona Diamondbacks to become their new scouting uh head, scouting director man. Uh, right? You know, good for him. Good for Danny Haas, uh, which a hire that was kind of just like, okay, let's wait and see the rest. And uh, glad we waited and saw the rest. Uh, they went out and they hired, oh, I'm blanking on the names already, Jeremy. Uh, Brad Schiolik, uh out of the Orioles, uh, who, you know, he uh, is pretty much credited with signing or like scouting everybody in that Orioles core that you can think of. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, which, I mean, Adley Rutschman, that was kind of an easy pick. Uh, not going <laughs> to pat yourself on the back for that one there. Uh, but, you know, pretty much anybody you can think of, uh, they hired, or that they, they signed, uh, he was involved in. Uh, they hired, uh, I believe it is Reed Dunn. Is that, is that, does that sound right, Jeremy? That does, that does sound right to me, yes. Uh, I, I'm just trying to Backchuck myself here because I forgot to to, to to write everything down. Uh, and it looks like they haven't really put anything on the website unless I'm missing it. Uh, yeah, I am missing. Yeah, read done. Uh, that was right. Uh, they signed him out of the Braves. Uh, he was a cross checker for the Braves. Uh, and now, uh, moves into a higher role. He was like a something-something amateur scouting, uh, which was a 
upgrade, but you know, also not like a giant upgrade for them, for him. You know what I mean? It's not mm. like a j massive jump up, but it was a jump up. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, credited with getting uh, Strider and Michael Harris to second, uh, which you know, yeah, pretty good guys, uh, pretty good baseball players. Uh, yeah, no, I, I should have just trusted my brain. I knew all these names. Uh, and then they promoted Eddie Longos to be their new head of player development. Uh, and pretty much anybody else who served in those rules previously uh, was fired. Yeah, uh, obviously we just went through a whole lot of names, but what what they did uh, turning around, I mean, the Diamondbacks obviously just got to a World Series. You know, the Orioles just were the best team in the American League. You yeah. know, these, these guys are, and then the Braves were the best team in the National League. You know, you're hiring from the right teams. Uh, and that's that's my big takeaway from this. The Nationals are taking from the right systems. These these are systems that have proven in recent years that they are really good at evaluating and uh, developing talent, which the Nats were not so good at recently, yeah. at least. Uh, so I I am very optimistic about this. I know you obviously aren't hiring the the biggest guys from these organizations, but you're never going to be, you know? Getting people from that organization, people that, you know, have had not small parts in the in their turnarounds, uh, it's it's huge for the Nets. I, I'm very happy with the hires they made this offseason. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, uh, the Danny Haas hire, uh, you know, like, there, there just wasn't a lot out on him. Uh and then, you know, you see all those other hires roll in. And, I mean, you're assuming, you know, I'm, I'm assuming a lot here. Uh, but, you know, he's <laughs> going to have a role in bringing in those guys. Uh, and, you know, just based off names and what you're seeing from, you know, your kind of prospect insiders all look like really good hires, uh, which is what what we want from the Nats is to hire uh, good people. Uh, just because, I mean uh, – just a few years ago, you know, you're talking about some of these lower-level minor teams where there's just absolutely zero talent there. Uh, and for the Nats to kind of trend in the right direction and hopefully, you know, add talent where maybe they're not, you know, major league guys that they're getting, but at least they can, you know, surround the good, you know, or top prospects with actual talent. Yeah. No, it's I mean, and that's that's important too. You know, uh, I don't know what the statistic is, but not most of the minor leaguers don't make it to the league. You know, uh, but it's still important for the ones that do to have good talent around them, face off against them. It makes them better quicker. Really, you know, you're not going to get better by pa facing inferior competition. Yeah. All right, I don't know if you had any other thoughts about the uh, front office moves. I mean, it feels like so long ago where a lot of it is kind of, you know, been talked about. I mean, I know I've talked about it a ton in the morning briefing and stuff. Uh, but, you know, it's still important to quick, briefly, you know, gloss over. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. No, uh, very happy with the hires. I mean, time will tell, though. Time will tell. That's always how it yeah. is. 
Uh, Especially with something like this, you know, it's we're not going to know for another, you know, two, three more years. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Love baseball. Yeah. Love baseball. The 40-man roster, the roster, excuse me, it's at 40 now. Yes. That's where it is. Some moves were announced, uh, I believe, last night. Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, get to get that roster down to 40. Uh, some of the bigger names that got cut off the roster to bring it down. Uh, Andres Machado got, uh, got to go op- find opportunities in Japan. Uh, and then Dom Smith had, was DFA'd as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they had to make a couple other moves, but those were a couple big names that jump out at you in paper. Yeah, uh, I mean, those were obviously the ones where I guess it was like, not the least, or not the most surprising, but like some of the bigger moves. Oh wow, my camera is going crazy. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I mean those were the big names. Uh, where I think knowing what happens with those two is kind of allows us to kind of figure out what is, you know, what does the future hold for the Nats, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where uh, if... obviously, yeah, this is a this is a important time roster construction wise. We've talked about a little bit about it. If you go back and watch our other episodes, um, I mean, I think we got into some depth on this too. Where this roster construction, there's going to be so many new faces coming in that you need to have positions open for them, get them playing time, or have the roster constructed in a way that. Is possible for these guys, these young guys, to get their opportunities, but also not, you know, destroying what you already have built. Uh, this is one of the more crucial off seasons to get that right. I mean, it's a it's a fluid thing, obviously, but you want to start in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a ton of moves. Uh, I mean, you know, yesterday was the big day uh, because they had to protect uh, players from the Rule Five draft. Uh, but I mean, we've seen moves, you know, all off season where we saw Matt Cronin outrighted off the roster. Uh, you know, who's a left-handed pitcher who the Nats took. Uh, I believe it was either 2019 or 2020. Uh, I'm looking now just to double check. Uh, 2019, uh, they drafted him, uh, and he's just been hurt the past few years. Jeremy De La Rosa, who you know was. Never quite one of those top outfield prospects, especially once James Wood, Robert Hassel, the third came over. But, you know, he was a guy who, prior to the Soto trade back in 2019, you know, I was talking about, hey, man, when Adam Eaton retires, we might already have, like, another outfielder in our system who can kind of take his spot. Uh, and he's kind of just flamed out in uh, Wilmington, high A ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who else? I mean, you saw... Victor Arano get cut. You saw Travis Blankenhorn uh, get cut. Hobie Harris. Uh, I mean, you saw a lot of players. Uh, Michael Chavis, Blake Rutherford, who, I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting these guys to stay around. But, I mean, you're. this is where we're seeing those faces where it's like these guys aren't staying. Finally get cut. Uh, now it's kind of, I mean, the big moves, like you said, or the more surprising moves uh, 
I guess it's not even surprising. I don't know how to phrase it. You know, like, it's expected, but it's also, like, kind of is, like, the canary in the coal mine, so to, sort, so to speak, mm-hmm. for, like, what's to come in the future. Because uh, if, you know, if we see these guys survive, you know, both the non-tender deadline and the Rule 5 selection protection deadline, so, you know, yesterday and this upcoming Friday, that's where, you know, I would be concerned about the 2024 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we're getting to around that time where the roster starts to take form. Yeah. Uh, there's all these little things in the MLB offseason. You just talked about that Rule 5 protection, uh, all that stuff that we're still getting around. And we're just getting a – we're just – the picture of this 2024 Nationals roster is starting to get clearer and clearer with every day, every single move. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, we kind of had an idea of what was going to be. Like you said, there haven't been really any surprises. I mean, I, I, I'm i a little shocked. I really thought the Nats were going to keep. I don't think they should have kept Andres Machado. Uh, but I, I genuinely did think the Nats would have kept Andres Machado after his, like, you know, his little two-week run there where he was, like, his lights sinker out, yeah. was lights out. <laughs> I, I was I really thought yeah, the Nats were gonna keep him, and I was like, I mean, like I get it, I understand why you keep him, but I I, I think he was kind of the first guy to go, uh, if they went out and signed like a bullpen arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I've got a very love hate relationship with uh with that man. Yeah, I was always scared when he entered the game, mm-hmm. and then he went on that stretch at the end of the season there where, you know, I was like, oh, my God, Andres Machado is coming into the game. Oh, yeah, he's good now. Uh... And then he was <laughs> bad again, and then you're like, ah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about these guys that got protected? Yeah, let's talk about them a little bit here. Uh, do you have the names or you want me to go through them? I uh, do not have them pulled up in front of me right now. I am working on that. All right, so we got uh, two left-handed pitchers, uh, Mitchell Parker and uh, DJ Herz. Uh, Parker was taken uh, – I can't remember. You see, I always – it's either the Cavalli draft or the Rutledge draft uh, with these guys. Uh, he was taken in the uh, 2020 draft. So he was taken in the Cavalli draft. Yes, the Cavalli draft. Uh, you know, fifth round, he's just going to – you know, he's a left-handed pitcher. Uh, him and hers are actually, like, of a very similar mold, in my opinion. Uh, how they get to those results is wildly different. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> they're both, like, good stuff, not great control. These guys are probably relievers uh, in the major league, at the major league level, uh, type guys. Uh, you know, mm. hers came over in that uh, Heimer Condelario trade. Uh and I mean, ever since then, I mean, he he's looked probably the best. He had the best stretch of his professional career since coming over. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a guy who we were kind of. I, I think you and I were both a little excited to get him. Yeah. And I know, like when we got him, I was like, "Oh, this guy's like literally just." I think I've I I might have not said it on the show, but I know I said it to you. Uh, this guy's just a better Mitchell Parker. <laughs> uh, and I mean that's what he is. I mean he he was really good. He was one of the few pitchers. Uh, Aiden, 
you're doing great here. Your mic, I think, just died. So, I'm going to take it from here a little bit, and I will let you get back to your rant once your mic is back. Uh, one of the guys that... My headphones just stopped working. You're back. I can hear you now. I'm back. Okay. Uh, where did I leave off? Uh, you were talking about pitcher, uh, the lefty. The lefty yeah, yeah, yeah DJ Harris. Uh, he was just like I, I, I mean, I said on the show, uh, but you didn't hear it, uh, or actually they wouldn't have heard it either. Uh, he was like one of the best pitchers in the minor leagues last year for the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was only in the system for just a little amount of time. Uh, so, yeah, he, he needed to be protected. Uh, Parker p- might have gotten taken, uh, but, I mean, he might as well not risk it, you know. Uh, he's a top 30 prospect in that system. Uh, and then there's the two right-handed pitchers. Do you want to talk about them? I don't know how much you know about those two. Uh, yeah, I mean... I just realized the article I pulled up is from last year, so I'm going to keep looking. Hold okay, on. I'll, I'll talk about <laughs> it. Uh, you got righties, uh, Cole Henry, and uh, Zach Brzezinski. Uh, I believe I'm saying his last name correctly. Uh, it's uh, a lot of consonants and two Ys. Uh, so I apologize uh, if I said that incorrectly. Jeremy, if you want to look up the pronunciation for me, I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, but, you know, Brzezinski missed all of last season uh, with Tommy John. Uh, he was one of those high risers where he was one of the few guys in the minor league system who it looked like Nats player development kind of worked. Uh, he looked really good and looked like a guy who all of a sudden we had a back end of the reliever, high leverage type guy. Uh, back end of the bullpen, high leverage reliever. There we go. Words correctly. Uh, and then Cole Henry was, again, he was... Cole Henry pre-TOS was insane. Uh, hasn't necessarily been healthy fully uh, since then and just been consistently on the mound. Uh, but it looks like the Nats are transitioning him to the bullpen, which, you know, throwing less is probably going to be good for him. Uh, and, you know, the hope is that he didn't have the mileage on his arm that somebody like uh, Matt Harvey, somebody like uh, Steven Strasburg had prior to their surgery. And that way, he can still have a great major league career. Uh, but, I mean, those two, you know, if they get into the bullpen there, you know, you're talking about two really solid arms for the Nats uh, for, you know, the next six years. Yeah, no, uh, we're looking at, I mean, we've talked a little bit about the pitching for the Nats. That's one of their weaknesses. And I know these guys are, Closer to, or definitely, probably bullpen arms, but they're they looked pretty solid in the in their in the what's it called the minors this season, these these last couple seasons. So uh, yeah, I mean the the Nationals essentially with Rutledge coming up, they have their five best pitching prospects now on the forty man. Uh, <laughs> like you know it's that's the one thing that the Nats system currently is lacking uh, is pitching prospects and pitching depth. Uh, and these guys, and then, you know, Matt Cronin, who got outrighted off the 40 man, were kind of the best of the bunch. Uh, which, I mean, take for that what you want. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, 
pronunciation for you. It's Brixie. Brixie. Okay. Brixie. Yeah. Brixie. My bad. Oh. You were close. I was close. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Does any was there anyone on the was there anyone in that the Nats could have protected that you were shocked they didn't? No. <laughs> I mean, uh, th th there's not a really a whole lot in the system right now. Uh, I think one name a lot of people uh, probably would have pointed to uh, if you asked them that question was Holden Powell. Uh, but, I mean, Holden Powell doesn't necessarily have the prospect pedigree and the track record and, you know, success uh, that, you know, you'd necessarily uh, warrant taking him in the Rule 5 draft. Mm. I mean, maybe maybe he gets taken. Uh, I, I, I don't think he survives this season on the Major League, uh, like on a Major League roster. So. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. This is, uh, no, I'm, I think the night the Nats made the right decision. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now with Dom Smith gone from the journey, the question is, who, who who's the first baseman? Who's the first baseman? Question on everybody's mind. I know we've had conversations. Uh-huh. Um, and I think the Nats should go out and sign a first baseman. Okay. With power. A power mm -hmm. first baseman. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's guys like CJ Crone out there. He, he's got some pop in his bat, plays first base. Uh -huh. uh, Jorge Soler, I know he isn't a traditional first baseman, but no, he's no, a you don't he's think he could? He's a DH at Jeremy. all. He's a DH, Jeremy. I know he's a DH, but like you don't think he could at all? No. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then of course you've got uh, Joey Manessis. Uh, on the roster already. First, already on the roster. He he'll he'll play he'll definitely get a share at first base, um. Because he's on the roster, he's gonna okay. he's gonna play first. I don't know if he'll be the everyday first baseman there, but, uh, yeah, that's what I do. I'd go with Joey and maybe a guy like C.J. Crone, getting him on a relatively cheap deal. Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins out there. Uh, so I guess my question for you, right? I think Reese mm -hmm. Hoskins. I mean C.J. Crone, Jeremy. I'm gonna quick walk through his uh his, his season. He was hurt you. last season. He was hurt last season a lot. Okay, but he was like a well below average hitter. I know. I mean, he was like barely above average, like as a major league hitter last year, and that's not necessarily. I mean, it's an upgrade over what we had last season. No offense, Tom Smith. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, I don't think, you know, a uh, slightly above league average hitter is necessarily somebody I'd want to, like, go out and sign. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you understand no, what I'm absolutely. saying? I absolutely. I understand first base, exactly at least. what you're uh, And so, like, kind of when I'm looking at this free agent market, right, uh, it's kind of like, okay, so we don't get Reese Hoskins. You know, this is all hypothetical. Is there an option that we that we'd rather have than Joy Manessis? 
I'm very comfortable throwing Joey at first. I just don't think the Nats I think want him as their everyday first baseman. Brandon Belt? But does Brandon Belt want to go play for the Nationals? That's the thing. That's why I was just I was dismissing uh Reese. Yeah, Reese Hoskins. Yeah, I don't know why I blanked on his name there cuz he mean, doesn't want to play for the Nats. Yeah. He doesn't want to play for the Nats. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Like, like I mean, like I I love Carlos Santana. I think Carlos Santana is an upgrade. Uh, at first base, would I rather have Carlos Santana than Joey Manessis? Maybe. But like, listeners of this show, no, I'm a big Joey fan. I'm a big Joey fan. I know you're I a love, big Joey. I fan. love me some Joey. I I, just, I talked to... <laughs> about it today in uh the the morning briefing, which is why I bring this up. Uh, mm. I I don't think the Nats add after like I mean like they should like they could add. I don't think they should add to their position. I know you players. had another solution, um, Aiden. I have the perfect solution, Jeremy. <laughs> it it is literally just it is so perfect. It is just chef's kiss. Uh, in fact, uh, somebody uh, shared the morning briefing on Facebook uh, mm-hmm. from Monday where I talked about my perfect solution uh, mm-hmm. in there because I'm going to talk about it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And somebody – and they were like, this is a great read. And then they specifically pointed to that solution and were like, that's a really good idea. Like I, I never thought of that. It is, it is a great idea. And you know that is, that is really where I get feed my entire ego is from comments. And I didn't want to steal your thunder. Linking so I want my idea you. on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hayden, Hayden, what was your idea? Listen, <laughs> we're talking about getting power out of that first base position. Who is the biggest power threat on the 2024 Nationals if they don't sign anybody? Well, I know what you're going with this, but I think he'd be the first name on my list. Uh... <laughs> Who's the first name on your list? The first name on my list would probably be Lane Thomas. Who's the second uh, biggest power threat on the Nationals? T.J. Abrams. Are you sure about that? Is that the answer you want to have there, Jeremy? <laughs> uh, please don't care at first, man. Like, that guy's he's athletic. He, he'd he handle it fine. Now, I mean, am I saying he's going to go out there and win a gold glove at first base? I don't think so. I mean, it would be very Stone Garrett to go out there and win a gold glove. Uh, I think that then we should make a solid gold statue of Stone Garrett and put it in the concourse. Uh, Give him the gold stone. Yeah, like I, but no, I mean, play some at first. Uh, it makes sense. It does. It really does. It um, makes too much sense not to just listen. It, I get it. If we try it at spring training and it's like, you know what, this doesn't work. At least try it. Try it. Might like it. Yeah. No, I agree. It is. It is a very good idea. We talked about this before on our show about how crowded that outfield is, you know, and Stone Garrett is a guy that you want to get in your lineup because he does have that pop, 
doesn't have that pop in his bat that the Nats sorely, sorely need. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm also not saying Stone Garrett's the first baseman of the future. I also want to make right. that clear. Uh, <laughs> but as a as a as a holdover, you know, he's he was really good against lefties. So good against lefties, you know. Uh, and I think he and Joey kind of fill that same same niche a little bit, which is a bit of an issue there. But uh, Stone's better against righties than Joey was, and I mean. They're both lefty killers, is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Um. And it it is it is a really it's a great idea. I love it. I'm a big fan. Uh. I, yeah, that's it. That I, there was gonna be a but, but I can't think of a but. It's a great plan. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's it's. I'm looking at their lines right now. I mean, I just I don't. We point to the Stone Garrett Babbitt. That's what's gonna. That's where the Stone Garrett haters are gonna. That's what they're gonna point to, and they're gonna be like, "Well, um, actually, Stone Garrett had a 365 Babbitt, uh, therefore he was unlucky, or he was lucky, and his results aren't real." Uh, okay. <laughs> I I I I don't think Stone Garrett gets playing time for very long in 2024 if he does not convert to first base. I think yeah, we can all was, agree he, with that. He was a fifth outfielder in a in a on a team that didn't have uh, Woods and Cruz, and Jacob Young wasn't really even there either. He was a fifth out, outfielder without those three guys. You know, should he have been the fifth outfielder? <coughs> no. Sorry, I have a, I have a mild mild cold. Uh, no. Uh, it's just, I don't, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a big Stone fan. We are big Stone fans. That's, that's, that's gotta be the, that's gotta be the greatest, uh, first base room in the history of first base rooms. I mean, I'm just Stone like. Garrett and Joey Manessis. The way they <laughs> have success is so completely different though, too. And I think like, that's part of the reason why I think it's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Like, Joey Manessis is a contact hitter. Yes. That's what he so was. So Garrett strikes out, he walks, hits for power. He's a three true outcome guy. He'll admit it. But that's the Nats need more of that. Yeah, that was their biggest Cause when you talk about sustain and like continuous success, right? I'm not saying small ball does not work. It does, but like math, it is mathematically proven that the best way to have consistent success is get on base and hit bombs. All right. Yeah. Stone Garrett does that. <laughs> Who cares if he strikes out thirty percent of the time? No, you're right. The the Nats need power, however they can get it. I don't care. Infuse power into that lineup. Uh, they are. How many games did they win last year? 70? 71? 71. 71? I think they might have been an 80 win team if they had pop.
Okay. Not sure I'm following. They, they just didn't okay. have any power. And they didn't have they needed any it. power. I mean, they're... They didn't. Their best power hitter of the year was Heimer Candelario. <laughs> he wasn't even there for the second half. Um, Riley Adams yeah. is a better power hitter than Lane Thomas. I think Lane Thomas is a better power hitter, though. <laughs> Results-wise, Riley Adams is better. Lane Thomas is better. I'll, I'll, I'll give it. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, when when is I know Stone Garrett had the injury kind of late in the season. Is he gonna be ready for opening day? He'll be fine. Is he gonna be ready for opening day? Like actually? Yeah. Okay. But barring like a sure. setback, he'll be fine. All right. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I you know, I know what we've talked about this so many times. I won't. I will continue the discussion. <laughs> Alrighty then. All right, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. We've talked about the front office. We've yeah. Talked about the roster moves. Yeah. I think that leaves one more thing on our checklist. One more. Tell me. Surprise me. The Nationals have revamped their 2024 coaching staff. They fired uh, everyone. They didn't fire everybody. Except for the people. Except for the people they didn't fire. Yes. Uh, (laughs) The Nationals will not have uh, Tim Bogart, their bench coach, Eric Young Jr., their first base coach. Third base coach, Garrett Garcina, uh, return. Or uh, assistant hitting coach, Pat Roslin. Uh, and now, they have a bunch of new people to fill all those roles. Uh, at third base, you have... Uh, I've already lost it. Ricky Gutierrez, uh, who was the run prevention coordinator uh, for the Nationals last season. Uh, he's been credited with helping C.J. Abrams uh, kind of improve defensively as the season went along. Uh, you have Miguel Cairo at bench coach. Uh, you know, former player. Uh, he was a bench coach for the Met, or not, worked with the Mets as an infield coordinator, was a bench coach under Tony La Russa on those White Sox. Uh past couple years not last year but the two years before that uh they added a new assistant hitting coach chris johnson who worked uh with uh cairo uh with the white Sox in 2022 and was also with the white Sox in 2023 and jeremy yes I've, I've been leaving one off because guess who is our first base coach is it maybe, possibly, uh, Mr. Geraldo Parra himself? It is. Maybe. Baby possibly. Shark. <laughs> uh, which means that they're bringing back uh, catching and strategy coach Henry Blanco. They're bringing back Darnell Coles, their hitting coach. They're bringing back Jim Hickey, their pitching coach. And they're bringing back Ricky Bones, the bullpen coach. 
Where does a Vulcan mm -hmm. coach do, you ask? I don't know. He coaches the bullpen. It's in the job title. You got me there. <laughs> wow. We can... All life's mysteries have been solved. Uh, and we're good. Ween is at yeah. the show. Um, so, I like a lot of their moves, and I'm also not in favor of some of the not firing. Uh, Hot take alert. <laughs> is it actually? I wanted them to get a new pitching coach. Yeah. That that really was what I want wanted them because they were firing a lot of people. I was like, okay, we're going to get a new pitching coach. Um, and I, I'm yeah. That's that's my big thing that I'm. Jeremy, what do you mean? We have, what? we have, we have the we have pitching coach phenomenon, changeup teaching phenomenon, Jim Hickey. I love me some Jim Hickey. All right. We could get another. We could get a better. We could get a better one. We, we could get a better one. But who's gonna teach the the team who has who throws the changeups? Who's gonna teach them how to throw the changeup? Uh, changeup isn't your main pitch. It's a great pitch. It's not your main pitch. I mean the other pitches that they but, can teach. But Jeremy, they. He could be the bullpen coach. But Jeremy, the, 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 the changeup, where the only person who threw a lot of changeups, the person who threw the most changeups, just left the roster. <laughs> um, no, no, only one person on the the, the roster throws the changeup. He can he can coach the bullpen. He can be the bullpen coach. The person who threw the most changeups. Among starting pitchers was Trevor Williams. Jeremy, how is he gonna help yeah. Trevor Williams fix his changeup? He's gonna give everybody changeups this year. Is he now? Hmm. Anyway, I wanted a different pitching coach. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That that, that was the thing that I am most disappointed by in this off season. Actually, the fact that we didn't get a new pitching coach. But that's just me. That's yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was looking at uh, the uh, amazing. I don't know how much you know about uh, Eno Saris. No. Uh, okay. He uh, developed. You know. You know, like the like OPS plus, ERA plus type stats, yep. and how they normalize. I'm I'm explaining to both you and the audience here. So, uh, and how they kind of you know 100s average. Above 100s, above average, by that percent. Below is below by that much percent, right? Mm -hmm. uh, two pitchers had a changeup that was rated as uh, above average by Eno Saris's stuff plus model, which uh, mm -hmm. you know takes in like pitch shape, release point, stuff like that. Uh, all your basic stuff about pitches and tries to quantify it uh, by stuff. Right? Right. Mason Thompson was one of them. And mm -hmm. then guy who spent probably the least amount of time on the Major League roster, Jackson Rutledge. Yeah. Sorry, my uh, cat is trying to open my door right now. 
And oh. I'm just trying to figure out what was happening. It was a little, it was <laughs> like, I just hear my door, like, shaking. Uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, uh, Jackson Rutledge, th- those are the two stuff plus people. Which is very fond of that. See, I can't tell if you're joking or not about it being a hot take. Because I feel like it wasn't. Oh, no, no. I was, I was very much joking. I think a lot okay. of people, Nats fans, at least on Twitter, uh, which, you know, obviously use, it, it can be a very vocal minority when we're talking about Twitter. Uh, but uh, Darnell Coles and Jim Hickey and Henry Blanco were very much the three coaches that t- uh, Nats fans wanted to see gone the most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I thought it was going insane there for a second. No. I was like, I thought, uh, I thought that was pretty consensus. No, that, that was very <laughs> consensus. Uh, I I don't know. I play around with the whole idea of a coach a lot in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, I, I've this is my new take, Jeremy. This is how I now evaluate coaches, right? I do not care your thoughts on analytics. I do not care. Right? What I do okay. care about is if you can relay the information that the front office, you know, the people who do care about the analytics, right? Cause guys, 2023, analytics are important. You need to care at least a little bit about it. It's, oh. it's, it's part of the game. Yeah, yeah. well, it's just, not... You can't just go off gut anymore. Well, no, here's the thing, though, Jeremy. Analytics have always been in the game. These analytics that we talk about, you know, your spin rate, your vertical approach angle, launch angle, exit velocity, all this stuff has always been in the game. It's just now we can quantify it better. It's always existed. Right. Uh, and now that we can quantify it better, why not use it better? <laughs> like, and so if we have a way to quantify and a way to figure out what is good and what is bad and how to get better results, why wouldn't you use that? Uh, and that's w- why I where I get confused with this whole conversation about analytics. But anyways, back to my back to my point. As long as he can explain what the front office wants the player to change and is a good communicator and good relayer of that information, I do not care. Can Jim Hickey do that? I don't know. I'm not in the room. But the way I evaluate these people has changed. I don't think like Darnell Coles and, you know, the whole approach that we kind of makes me want to rip my hair off my head, uh, where we're very much trying to put the ball in play as much as possible. Who cares if we can drive the pitch over the fence? Uh, just swing, 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 contact, small ball, you know, like the, the slap hitter type baseball that we've watched the Nationals play over the past two seasons. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's not a very much a Darnell thing I'm sure yes he subscribes to that same belief but I don't think that's you know I don't think you know Davey handed in the keys and say hey man this is this is the way I want us to you know you can design our the way you are hitting philosophy however you want I, I don't think that's necessary maybe that is what's happening uh, I would be shocked if that's the way things are happening though if that makes sense yeah no that absolutely makes sense um but when you are the person in charge of it, 
and it's not working as much as it hasn't been working. You know, it's it's one of those things. You can Ross evaluate Howell's the coach. On the roster, though, Jeremy. I understand that, but you can also compare that talent. I mean, you said the the catch the catcher coach didn't get fired, right? You can compare the defensive rating of the catchers from the same catchers from this year and the year before, and you can see a huge drop off. You know, you can look at these things. It's not you can evaluate a coach however you want. He is the you know? one who I do think absolutely should have been fired. Right? That that's, that, that's little... another guy. Yeah. That's another guy that I'm amazed is still employed by the Nationals. Uh it's I understand in a sense that these guys that didn't get fired are important for the locker room. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I get that. We've talked about this on the show. That's what Davey's good at. Davey's, at. Davey's great at keeping the locker room. And if Davey thinks that getting rid of these guys is going to destroy the locker room, that's going to hurt the team more than having them do what they do. You know? I really do believe that. With respect Respect to Jim Hickey and Darnell Coles, I agree. I think Jim Hickey's very liked among a majority of the Nationals pitching staff, mm-hmm. uh, both starters and relievers. Uh, in fact, I would say a majority of them are a big fan of his. Uh, Henry Blanco, I don't care how popular you are in the, in the clubhouse. What happened to Kybert Ruiz's defense is inexcusable. <laughs> All right, yeah. like this is uh, now you're making me pull, pull up the numbers, Jeremy. So uh, listen, <laughs> I am I will be the first to admit it. Statcast and like advanced defensive metrics are not perfect, right? But this is the closest we have come in the history of baseball to quantifying these metrics, right? And, you know, we can talk about, year. Uh, you know, like I said, I think from a defense standpoint, there's some funny things with Stackass. I, I think largely, though, the things we talk about aren't crazy. Like, it's not like, you know, it's, I'm trying to think of a, even an equivalent here. I agree the numbers are fudged, all right? You don't ex- – that doesn't explain a negative 23 fielding run value. Right. Right, and I understand that. But it, that, is, and that doesn't even begin to make sense, especially for a catcher who – I'm trying to pull up his thing right now, but my computer's moving very slow because baseball's He was above average last year. Yeah, at least by framing. I don't remember. I'm trying to pull up the rest of his. He wasn't catching. He wasn't, shirts. but he wasn't the worst defensive was catcher two. in the league. He was negative he w- two last year. He lo- but 21 runs works. Yeah, it's it's not good, and it's some of those things you have to you have to make those trade offs, right? The Nats had to make that decision because 
I truly do believe that the most important factor to a baseball team being good is the clubhouse. You saw it last year with the Padres. That team is stacked. That clubhouse did not like each other. They didn't make the playoffs. You know? I truly do believe that the clubhouse is the most important factor to a winning baseball team. I agree. Uh, And as much as that is a travesty on defense for the Nats, for the catcher positioning especially, if this, if he is really that, that important to the clubhouse, keep him around. That's that's my philosophy, and that's the lens I'm looking at this through. Because if he isn't that important to the clubhouse, he's got some dirt on people. <laughs> I'm even like again, even then, like Jeremy, we are, are talking about. I mean, we'll see how 2024 goes. Maybe I'll be singing a different tune. All right. But as things stand currently, in the current, you know, on October, November fifteenth, twenty twenty-three, I do not see a way that you can watch what happened in the twenty twenty-three season and think, you know, what I want more. I want this guy coaching our players another year. Yeah, I agree. I re- I do. Also, <laughs> can we talk about if Kyber just stopped chasing as much, he would be like literally the best catcher in baseball. That that is that is a hell of a claim, my man. <laughs> I man, I, I've 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 watched enough Kyber Ruiz to know if he just stopped chasing and he just even in general out that much. made better if does not strike out so that much. You are correct, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> he also boasts one of the worst chase rates in the major leagues. So you know, he's making contact with pitches outside of the zone. Uh and <laughs> Ball don't go very far when you <laughs> go outside of the zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just... Uh, anyway. Yeah, so those are the huge moves. Those are the big, big off-season happenings here with the Nets. Lots of moves setting up for what hopefully will be a, a good season. Um... Nats Report Plus. We have, in the last month, Aiden's been hiring some people. I mean, we have a lot hiring of con- is a strong word. <laughs> we have a lot of content. We have a lot of content up on the site. If you just are a listener to our show and that's it, go check out the site. There's a lot of great stuff on there. There has been there's been a lot of content on there that you missed, and there will be there's going to be a lot of content coming up very regularly as well. Yeah, tomorrow uh, I think we have a new piece coming out, and then uh, next I'm working week... on something I'm almost done with. So yeah, I didn't even know soon. about this. I, did I? Yeah. Okay. I forgot. I've been... I've been putting it off for a bit, but oh, I'm okay. finishing it up. I've, now. I've been putting off uh, stuff. Everybody's been putting off stuff. The the post that's going out tomorrow is supposed to be out yesterday. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Go check out natsreport.com. Aiden, does your link still work? I, I the natsreport.com/slash Hayden, you get a seven day 
free trial to uh, the NASA Sports Premium subscription. You get access to all paid content on the site, uh, including the Week in Review uh, that uh, our good uh, friend Richard puts out, uh, where he just reviews everything that's happened in Major League Baseball and with the Nats within that week. Uh, you know, so that way you're always up to date every single week. Uh, you'll also get access, you know, once the season gets rolling or back around to uh, minor league game notes. And then uh, I believe uh, you'll also get access. Uh, not I believe, I just don't know uh, when this is starting. Uh, when we start doing, uh, there should be about one post, perspective post a month uh, that you'll get exclusive access to. Uh, my cat just jumped onto my desk. Uh, sorry for the camera shift. Yes, there's a there's there's a lot of stuff on there. Uh, you'll meet some of the new people there. <clears throat> They'll join us for a show. Hopefully, yeah. They will. Uh, we'll get them to join us for at least one show. They'll I would show love up. to have everybody on the show. <laughs> Be good fun. Uh, yeah. We'll talk so, about Stone Garrett with JJ. <laughs> <laughs> so we will we will you guys will all get to meet them their lovely voices along with see their wonderful stuff that's been going up on the on the Nats report go check it out there really is a lot of good stuff out there if you haven't checked it out since our last show uh yeah natsreport.com slash hayden seven day free trial go check it out it really is worth it there's going to be a lot of stuff this season anyway and i think there's so also much. a 40 percent off sale going on right now too if you just want to subscribe and not use my code because, <laughs> uh, you know, the Nats report turned four. Woo! Woo! It's a toddler now. <laughs> I think we're a little bit past that, Jeremy, but yes. Big toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Come celebrate the big toddler birthday with us. Yes. 40% off. 40% off. <laughs> anyway, All toddlers. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, everybody, so much for tuning into this episode of In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. We have been your hosts, Jeremy Lapidus and... Hayden Raymer. Got it right this time, I think. Uh, <laughs> we will see you next week. Have a good night. Bye.